0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. It's our show. It's our little corner of the world where we can sit and relax and just enjoy. Listen to the birdies fly by. Listen to the waves crashing on the sand. Jesse, I'm going on holiday soon. (laughs) I'm there mentally. Mate, I'm just going to stop. I'm warning you now, Jesse. The only person that's going to be able to get in touch with me is you. Okay? Yeah. And everything else off. I'm I'm giving control of all the other stuff to other people, and
1: I'm. But you hiding. actually are as well, so that's that's good progress.
0: But, yeah, that's I'm not sure if we're allowed to mention who that is.
1: No, we're not. Oh. But I don't think we are. But what I will say is, you know how all these episodes where we've said, "Oh yeah, it's really important in your business to let the experts do, do what they're good at, so that you can do what you're good at. Because if you're rubbish at something, you should let someone else do it." Paulie uh-huh, has uh-huh. finally done that with mental theft, mate. It's um, and already it's
0: helping. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it, weird, Jesse, because you know how not long ago me and you were talking about mental theft would only ever be me and you. I can I now didn't see it that being, when we
1: said it, but sure,
0: <laughs> I, I I can now see it being me, you plus a few others. Yeah, and I think. That we know who those few others are as well. Yeah, yeah, and they're all a lot better than us at the things that they can do. Mm-hmm. So, so fingers crossed, mate. And I mean, what an awesome job she's done already. <laughs> Gee, giving stuff away, hinted, hinted. Right, okay, but that's enough of that silliness. Okay, yeah, that's not talk about mental theft. No, no, nobody. I can't believe you tattooed the logo onto your arm, man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you nutter. It looks cool. You nut. <laughs> it does look cool, but when, when when it all blows up and you realize that working with me is just a stupid move. What are you going to do? Just black it out and have a have a square?
1: Well the other thing black is when it, it all there. if it all blows up for whatever reason uh and it goes through a rebrand. Yeah. Yeah, new oh. logo. New logo, new new tattoo? New Excuse for a new tattoo as far as I'm concerned.
0: Excuse for a new tattoo. So when we when we do the next logo, right, are you going to be sat there going, I'm designing a tattoo? <laughs> it's
1: like, how are we going to get this one designed? <laughs> uh I've got a lady, she's called Molly, and she does really gothy. Uh, can this one have skulls?
0: Jesse, <laughs> why does our logo have skulls and dragons? Hmm. La, 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 la. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, we had to talk about the guy who's coming for the show now.
1: Yeah, let's do that because because they are awesome. And I believe, I think I'm right in saying they've been a nuggeteer once.
0: Mate, he was. He was a nuggeteer a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um. So we've got Mister Nathan McQueen now. Nathan is he's an expert in credit control and debt recovery. So this is a tough subject. Okay. He, he, the company that he's running is very new and we are very excited to be able to talk about it on here but Nathan has something like 30 years experience in dealing with what mate, I don't like this part of business I just don't enjoy, no, I know, I don't but, enjoy chasing money
1: uh, I will say this now because mm. you say it's a tough, tough subject and like I know what you know Nathan quite well yeah I know of Nathan and I know what he does for a living but I, and I so I was a little bit like okay this what what's this going to be like to listen to and actually I thought it was really interesting genuinely interesting to listen to and whilst yeah. it's a subject most people will go oh I don't really want to have to even think about dealing with that sort of stuff I promise you now before you get any problems with anyone of not paying or if you don't want to think about it I promise you now you will get some insight that has nothing to do with even to do with debt recovery from his talk, just from some of the stuff that he says, including his nugget. And also, I think you'll be in a better place to deal with if you get somebody who doesn't want to pay you.
0: Mate, you're right. You right. and we talk, no, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. Ladies and gents, we're gonna go over to the interview. See you in a bit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. You have absolutely no idea how much it means to me. For some reason, this show is still running, and I don't know why. The thing that amazes me the most is we still have awesome guests coming in to help us. They come in, and they give you advice and help for free. And if you guys want their help in the future, contact them, please. Now, today, we have somebody that I'm really, really proud to say is one of my buddies. It's a Mr. Nathan McQueen of the McQueen Partnership. Nathan, how are you, mate?
2: All right, mate, and how are you?
0: I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm good, thank you. Right, Nathan, I'm going to ask you the first question that I ask everybody, and this is your chance to tell us everything that you're an expert in, mate. Nathan, why should people listen to us for half an hour or so?
2: So I'm a proven debt recovery agent that's been helping businesses for the past 30 years recover outstanding balances, improve their credit control functions, processes and procedures, and making sure they're getting paid for their hard-earned services and products.
0: Mate, it's, it's right. So you say that you've got 30 years experience and, and that kind of worries me and bothers me all at the same time because you always deal with the debt side of things. You deal with the stuff that, I'll be honest, as a business owner, I hate dealing with this. I hate chasing money. And you're part of the reason that my um, payment terms changed. So nowadays, because because I do entertain I turn up, I do a one-off, I'll either entertain or speak at the place. So actually, part of the conversation we had ages ago was I changed my payment terms to it's 50% to book me, and the other 50% is due seven days before I even do the event. And you wiped out all of the issues that I had with debt collection in that one conversation. So, number one, thank you very much, mate. It made a massive difference. Okay? Number two, on earth can you work in debt collection all the time? It would drive me nuts.
2: It's it's a strange one. I mean, I enjoy talking to people. I mean, we're a very personal debt recovery agency. We 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 enjoy the interaction with both debtors and the clients. So it's it's almost like a salesy type of marriage counselling type of situation. So yeah, I've done it. I mean, it's I, I do actually. I, the reason I get work is the fact that I actually enjoy what I do, and it comes across the fact that I enjoy what I do. Um, and it's, yeah, we're a weird species, but someone's got to do it. Otherwise, uh, there's going to be an awful lot of bad debt out there.
0: And you know what? I actually like your description of the marriage counselor type because both parties have something to say most of the time. Um, normally if you're getting involved in something, right, I'm going to take some guesses here. Okay. I'm guessing that most of your clients initially come to you because there's been a problem debt. Is that right? That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been some breakdown in communication, so they're not being paid for whatever reason. Um, and they just, they have an issue and it needs escalating.
0: Right. So you can literally then go to the person, the buyer, and you can say to them, look, I am here to chase this. I need to know from your side what's actually going on.
2: Yeah. So as part of our service, we assess it from the collectibility point of view. So if it's your product or your service, what you are feeling is very personal. So you're not being paid for it. You've got emotion involved in in that process, and you can then often be blinkered. So when we look at the situation and we contact the debtor, we understand from them what their issue is: is it can't pay or is it won't pay? Is there a genuine dispute that the client's not in, accepting? So we like we like I said, we become that marriage counsellor to understand what the pinch point is. Is it a genuine pinch point, and is and do we actually need to tell the client that they need to take consideration into what the actual debts are saying? So we try to bring a full uh, service when it comes to advice. So it's not only we're collecting money for the client; we're going back to the client and going, "This may be a situation where you need to do a deal or a payment plan, or you're never going to collect this because actually the dispute is it seems to be a genuine situation."
0: And there's also that bit of um, realism in there. Because when you said collectability, to me, I, I suddenly remembered uh, ages ago when a friend of mine had a debt that was like £200, Okay, but to chase it and collect it would have cost them a couple of weeks of work. What's the point? You might as well move on and get some more customers rather than chasing that when his normal day rate was 300 quid a day anyway.
2: Well, that's where we come in. I mean, obviously, so we work on a contingency basis. We work no win, no fee, and this is all we do for a living. So... Those debts, even if it is £200, yes, it's not worth the time of the client potentially to chase it because they should be focusing on their business and there's, there's a time element to that and a cost element to that, whereas we just do this for a living and it's all we're doing. So pass it over to us and then we can uh, assist on that rather than writing that debt off. So there should never be a situation where you don't escalate it. We can have that sensible conversation. It's a 7-14 to 14 day process and if at the end of it we believe it's not worth pursuing Maybe go down the legal route. Then we come back and say exactly that. So rather than just writing it off because you haven't got time, use someone like us to actually get that one covered. So hold on,
0: the no, right? I need to understand the no win no fee bit because that sounds very interesting. If I've got to the point where I don't think I'm being effective in collecting a debt anyway, I because you've just said no win no fee, I see no downside to getting you involved
2: now. No, no so downside. What is it?
0: Do you agree a percentage or something?
2: Yeah, we we agree a percentage of the recovery is based on the age and the size of the balance, um, and again, so unless we've collected it, we don't actually we don't get paid. So it's we're incentivized to make sure that we make a recovery.
0: So you agree that depending on what was it you said, the size of it and the age of the debt? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, right. That makes sense because then I'm not worried about I've got to spend five hundred quid with you just to sign on to your company anyway.
2: Yeah, there's no there's no upfront fees, um, and that includes for us. We actually issue legal letters as well, which is included in the cost. So there's no there's no surprise cost for us. Everything's transparent. If we want to escalate to litigation, then we will come back to you with a cost of what is going to the co- uh, the impact of the costs, and then it, yeah. we require authorization from from the client before we proceed any further. So there's never any surprises
0: mate i love that i think that's a great idea and surely that's one of those barriers that most people panic about i'm going to spend loads of money on these extra services and i might never get the money back in the first place
2: yeah i think that the the other barriers are the fact that people associate debt recovery with door knockers um and reputation and that's not the case at all um i've been in this industry for 30 years now i've recovered just shy of 500 million um most of i've actually got 40 percent of my clients are people that i've actually collected money from so it shows that we've done it in a professional manner and actually recovered the balance and then been engaged by that client to assist them recover that
0: so 40 percent of your clients have come from people that you've chased for money yes what the hell how i just See, because right, I always have these images of debt collectors being the people who literally stamp their way in, go, you're going to give them the money, otherwise I'm going to take you to court or take your business away. How on earth have you created a conversation that turned them into customers?
2: So we try to understand what the issue is. We want we need to get the best outcome, we need to understand is it can't pay or won't pay. And then there's a particular set of skills that we can use for both. And if it's can't pay, then we try to understand why they can't pay. Is it the fact they need financial advice? Is it the fact that they're struggling themselves? They may have a load of people not paying them in the background, which is causing an impact in their cash flow, which then impacts on them paying my client's invoice. So if we can resolve through a payment plan or sensible conversation, getting our invoices uh, collected for the client, we can then offer to assist them to recover their outstanding months as well, which then nice. improves their cash
0: flow. Right. So you've literally, now you've gone in to have this conversation. We're here to chase a debt. We want to find out what the real issues are. And that's something I like is that you've gone, tell me what the real issue is, and I'll try and help you with this. That person's probably going to be on a defensive and going, I can't pay. And they don't want to tell you they can't pay because, I don't know, they can't collect their own money. But then if you go, tell me what the real issues are, I can help you. You then, in your skill, have the conversation about you're having cash flow problems. Well, that's not fair on you going to help you with the cash flow problems make your business stronger then you can pay your suppliers then you'll have an even stronger business yeah which is didn't that just work and then right so you're now getting called in because I've just told a load of buddies about you and and no win no fee and he can go and chase old debts for you he'll go and get the cash he's only going to charge you X percentage of it and you get all the rest of it they'll go yeah this is brilliant but this is great. Once you collect that money, is that it with them, or are you going to start giving them help on how to not get into this situation again?
2: Yeah, we've got we provide uh, credit control advice, so we've got a consultancy side of the business as well. So we can actually do a full scheme. So we can either assist on looking at processes and procedures and help to strengthen those, including terms and conditions. We'll have a look at those to make sure they're robust because we've seen situations where people have written their own terms and conditions and they actually conflict. So it makes the debt recovery. Even worse, because and their position worse because the fact they will actually, I've seen a client that had a period of cancellation in, within their contract that said if you don't pay within fourteen days, we will cancel your pitch. Because they did a, they were an entertainment, uh, they leased uh, plots on a, a particular showground. Right. it three terms down, it also then stated that if you don't pay within fourteen days of the final date. You then have to pay the full fee. A lot oh. of the debt that was created, so there was a there was a tranche of debt that they wanted us to collect, but that tranche of debt, none of them had paid the initial deposit. So by their own terms, those uh, plots had been cancelled. Whereas their client was pursuing the balance on the fact that they wanted to, they hadn't cancelled it within fourteen days of the actual the event. So there was a conflicting. So and we see this all the time. Trouble is. The internet is is too open for everybody to Google set of terms yeah. and conditions setting up in business, and it can cost you what you're saving on that getting that done properly can cost you a fortune in the future.
0: Oh yeah, right. I completely agree on this because I've got buddies who are solicitors. I've got yourself who works in debt control, and the amount of times that I'm literally turning around to listeners, to friends, to business colleagues, and going, but. Get the expert, oh, we haven't got the 300 quid an hour for them. Mate, you're going to have them working for 45 minutes on this. It's going to cost you about 200 quid, 250 quid, and it's going to save you thousands in the future. And they Definitely. they just, yeah, you, people kind of get blindsided and think, oh, but I could save the 250 nil. But then your example there is is a perfect example of, right, no, I, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to guess here that they went on the internet They've chopped and changed a few other contract examples and didn't really think it through logically when they reread
2: it themselves. Definitely. I mean, it, and it depends what type of business it is. If you provide a service, then your terms and conditions of service related. But if you provide a product, you want to make sure that your attention of titles is in there so that the, the, the goods don't transfer to the, to the debtor until they've actually paid for them and you can actually go and reclaim the goods. So there's various things that people need to consider. Hold on, hold on hold on hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
0: hold on. The goods don't transfer to the debtor until it's been paid. So right, we need to keep this basic because I'm an ex-accountant. I gave up for a reason, okay? <laughs> so what you're saying is if I if I deliver a bunch of bananas to a company, yeah, the terms and conditions have to say that until those are paid for, they're legally mine. Yeah,
2: and you can go and reclaim them.
0: But then, I'm not going in to take their stuff. I'm going in to take my own stuff out of their premises.
2: That's right. Yeah. So if you can, that's why your terms are going to be written properly. Because if you can identify that you, that's the product you supplied, then you're yeah. entitled. If you've not been if you've not received payment, you're entitled to go and reclaim them. But only if your conditions say that that's how you can do, it. and you can clearly identify that you've supplied that product.
0: Nice. And I guess that might, right, I'm going to go into liquidation and things like this now. So if a company that I've sold something to gets into troubles and they go into some form of liquidation, it would mean that those products are still mine and they can't be taken by that liquidator,
2: right? That's right. Yeah. So as long as your terms and conditions are sound, then you can put a retention title into, on those goods. It's a massive difference, isn't it? Well, we see it all the time. So we do. We work for a lot of administrators uh, and liquidators yeah. and solvency practitioners. So we see it all the time where the terms and conditions have been wrong. There's there's a load of product there that could have been reclaimed but because the conditions weren't correct, and the administrators got uh, rights over those products and able to uh, to uh, dispose of them how they see fit.
0: And that's scary when they can dispose of them however they see fit. They could then be selling these. Uh, we'll use bananas again, right? These bananas that could be worth ten thousand pounds, that company can decide to sell them off for a thousand pounds just to try and recoup as much cash as possible. Right. Yeah. And you, as the seller of those things, you're sat there going, "But I want them back." You can't touch them because legally they're not yours anymore because you did your T's and C's wrong. Yeah. And they've gone for a tenth of the value. Um. I used to know a company that used to purposely go and buy competitors items when they saw
2: companies going into liquidation yeah it happens all the time i mean you, you there's a you, you know, there's a lot of auction sites and a lot of these auction sites are, are, where it's uh from administration and liquidations that have been sold yeah. on to generate some cash back into for the creditors which is the right thing to do but if the terms and conditions are right then some of that product would have been going back to the original supplier
0: this is it. And you're right there. And trying to get as much money back for the creditors as possible is the right thing to do. However, I kind of like the thing that you've said. If I keep ownership of my stuff until it's paid for, that's my stuff. Get your hands off.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you're a creditor, you're a supplier. You've put the stock in. Um, and instead yeah. of becoming a pence in the pound creditor, you can actually, there's a good chance you can recover a larger portion of what your outstanding balance is because of the fact that you've reclaimed your stock and then able to resell it elsewhere.
0: And really, having that in your terms and conditions, I can see no downside to that. Because what what buyer would say no to that?
2: Exactly. And that's that's the point. I mean, this is why, like I said, we do credit control. We provide credit control service and advice because just to help those that are struggling to collect their debt and then obviously how to improve their processes and procedures. We even do a virtual credit manager. So those that don't have the room in overhead to actually put in a 30 or 40 grand credit manager every year um we can actually do that for them so we can be the person that sets up the targets motivates the team so they can have mum or dad or whoever's doing their credit control because most businesses have got someone in this a lot we see all the time front of family members or friends or people that are not necessarily got the right skill set because times are getting harder. when cash was easy and collectible anybody could do debt recovery Or credit control. I know because I did it for 15 years. So you see the situations where now it's becoming difficult. Creditors, the debtors are kicking back. And if you haven't got the necessary skill set, then you don't know how to deal with that situation. That's when you panic. So with our our credit control services, we can actually upscale people's skill set, or we can step in and actually assist them to uh, do that credit control function in the process. And do you
0: past. know what, you, you're kind of hitting on something else I wanted to ask you about there. It's it's a kind of relationship management. Because, right, a lot of my listeners have been solo entrepreneurs, and they've had small companies, and they've had small staff, and, and then we've got some that are the bigger boys. But I always find it weird when you've got one or two people in a team in a business, and they're doing the debt recovery, and they could be having some really harsh phone calls because they've not been trained well, or they've not been trained by you. Okay? but they have some harsh conversations with this person that needs to pay money. And then next week they're going, now we're going to sell to them and be their best friend again. It, it it actually messes up the relationship. Whereas if they have somebody whose sole job is the credit control or the debt management side of things, I can be best buddy with my mate, Jesse, who, who I sell to and he buys from me. And then you, Nathan can be the person who worries about the debt. And I can go, sorry, I don't know about that. I, I'm here to supply a service and make sure you're a happy customer. Nathan deals with that bit of it. Yeah.
2: And and with our credit control function, we're proactive. So we don't wait for an invoice to be overdue. Uh, we'll actually contact the debtor um, and to understand whether they've received the copy of the invoice, if there's a product problem, if there's a service problem. So sort of preempt what's going to happen. And that actually builds rapport and relationship. So it even gives the customer, the client, the opportunity to upsell. So we can actually as part of that process say, have you received your your paper or your flowers or whatever it is that has been supplied? And by the way, is there anything else you need? Is there anything else we can put you through? Can we put you through to the sales team? So that proactive approach. So many people think that you can't chase debt before it's due. You can. You just have to learn how to have that conversation. It's not a difficult yeah. conversation. You just take you change your approach. All you're doing is it's a customer service type of contact. Have you got the invoices? Are there any queries? is payment going to be made on the date? On by the way, is there anything else we can help with? And it's, it's a fairly simple, but people are scared of the phone. I mean, nowadays, yeah. everything's yeah. email or text message or, or, or letter. And we're not. We're a proactive phone-based collection company because you've got to have the human element in that, in that relationship. Otherwise, there's too many debtors that are quite easy to respond on email, lots of armchair, hard men. But when you have an actual conversation with them, nicest people in the world it's just that you've taken away that 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 barrier
0: yeah because you suddenly become a real human being and you want to have a chat with somebody about the real issues and what i loved what you said there is actually you're turning it into customer relationships and you're you know you're calling before the debt is even due and just going is everything all right yeah it is brilliant if everything's all right then it's all going to be paid on time we're both happy right yeah yeah not a problem at all and it gets done if however it gets left until a month after it was due it's a very different conversation isn't
2: it yeah definitely i mean we've seen clients and situations where we've been out where they have a, a natural they have their own internal process so the statement gets generated on the 1st of the month on the 7th of the month they send a, a chase letter on the third, 14th of the month they send another chase letter 21st of the month it says if you don't pay within 7 days it's going legal I've then seen that same debtor receive the statement and then the seven-day letter, the 14-day letter, and the 21-day letter again. So they ne- it never gets escalated to that litigation stage. And therefore, yep. the debtor gets educated that you are never going to do what you say you're going to do. And, and that's such a slippery slope to fall down, mate. Definitely. and we So that's where we assist our clients. So we step in. We build ourselves into their process so we can actually be a part of their team. So we'll allow them to use us as an e. So on the fact that, say, on on day seven or day 14 or whenever it is, if you've not paid, it will come across to McQueen Partnership. They copy us in. That costs nothing, literally. So if the debtor pays, job done. If it doesn't, Mate, if right. they don't pay, on that date, when they said they were going to pass it to us, we then engage. So it shows the clients doing exactly what they said they're going to do. We then inform on what we're going to do, and we stick to what we said we're going to do. So then it escalates... And it helps put weight and uh, merit into what what the function.
0: And do you know what? It's a form of education, isn't it? Because once that new, once that buyer realizes, you, you don't mess about with the dates. You're not gonna, you're not gonna go, oh, it's gonna, it's Friday, so we're gonna leave it till Monday, maybe Tuesday if there's too much going on, which is what they've got used to. Yeah. As soon as the McQueen guys get involved, we're working to these rules now. Yeah, That's it. Definitely. We, we're definitely going to these rules i've told you what i'm going to do and i'm going to stick to it if you do the same peachy we're happy yeah okay right um i know we talked about uh mcqueen partnerships still quite young but you've got over 30 years experience in doing this so i'm going to ask you an annoying couple of questions now what's the biggest and the smallest that you've ever chased
2: so the smallest debt I've ever chased is uh, it was during lockdown, actually. Um, it was a gentleman that hadn't been paid, I think it was £65 in wages. Um, and the debtor didn't dismiss the fact that he owed the balance. He just yeah. knew that the, our client was so desperate for the cash, he knew that he couldn't afford to litigate against him. So he was then just not going to pay it. So when we put litigation back on the table, including costs yeah. and interest, the debtor was soon to pay that sixty-five pounds. Oh,
0: so, so realistically, because you took away the fact that this was an emotional argument anymore. Yeah. And you just went, no, we're involved now. We know it's sixty-five quid. And you've already agreed you owe it. So you're bank to rights. Yeah. Mate, that was, that's, that's,
2: that's that's the difference. That's where we like where we assess that the can't pay won't pay. And that was literally a can't pay. Uh not yeah. a won't pay, sorry. Um so it's not Yeah,
0: he was literally just stamping his feet going, I'm not gonna. Yeah. And
2: definitely. you went,
0: Okay, we'll take his court then. And he probably that probably blew his mind that you would go
2: for that for a 65 pound debt. Yeah. And the largest individual debt is around about 12 million. Um so I love that you just said around about yeah. Yeah. it was,
0: <laughs> it was- <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was it was a, it was a part of a much larger ledger. Um, so it was a collect out scenario. Um, the actual entire ledger was thirty seven million.
0: Um, uh, hold on, right, extra So the whole ledger. Um, to people who don't fully understand, Nathan was asked to collect thirty six million of outstanding debts across the whole portfolio of this company.
2: Right? Yeah, it was a company that's gone into administration.
0: Awesome. So you're after thirty six million in total. And one piece of that was twelve million.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's the same. And it's the, it's the same collection process for the sixty-five pound and the twelve million. We we apply the same methods: is contact, communication, and backing up what we say we're going to do. Obviously, you've got more tools in your armory when it comes to collecting twelve million pound debt because there's a lot more um, effective methods of collecting that. Yeah. Um, potential winding up petitions bankruptcies Etc so you can you can do that but with 65 pounds it's, it's a little less effective um but so then with
0: with 65 right if you're looking at 12 million okay and then somebody goes we're going to slap court cost of 400 pound on there you go yeah that's the top in the ocean compared to 12 million I don't care about the course costs that much if however you came to me and you went we're going after that 65 quid and as soon as we go legal there's going to be fees of 400 quid my brain's going that's worth a lot
2: more than the debt in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pay this quick. Yeah. And uh, right. in most in most situations, especially on commercial debt, you can play late payment and interest charges as well, and you can apply it by invoice. So you can actually quite quickly increase the value of the debt and incentivize the debtor to engage. Um, and so they're entitled to that. Everybody's entitled to that. So if there's a commercial debt, we can actually apply this. Right. Hold charges. on. I
0: need to check on that. You can apply interest to invoices... Does that depend on how you've set your T's and C's, or is that available to everyone?
2: Yeah, so if it's a a commercial debt, if it's a business to business debt, you can apply a late payment and interest charge, and it varies on the size of the invoice. So the charges vary from 40, it's 40, 70, and 100 pounds depending on the size of the invoice, and then it's 8% above base rate for interest from the minute the invoice fell
0: due. 8% above base. So at the moment, that's 13%-ish. Yeah. Sorry, uh, to that. everyone, that's in the UK. I'm not trying to work out interest rates for every country in the world. That would yeah. go nuts. But, yeah, but so right that. now, that's about 13% in the UK. That's ridiculous. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. And if you've got a, a debt to the... So it works well for those clients that um, say they have a, I don't know, they have sort of provided stationery and they do yeah. a weekly drop of stationery. So there's potentially four invoices. So there's you potentially put forty pound per invoice, or seventy pound, or one hundred pound, depends on the size of the invoice. So you've actually increased the debt by one hundred and sixty to four hundred pound, just for the late just payment charge. And that helps cover the costs of what you're then spending to re- recover those balances. So that helps towards your collection costs. So if you work on the fact that we work no win no fee, and then you build in the late payment charges they actually, if, they, if we can recover the late payment charges, you can almost get our services for nothing.
0: That's amazing, isn't it? And that bit that bit there has messed with my head because I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, if there's commercial that you can charge late payment interest charges. Jeez, right. We're nearly out of time, mate, so I've got to ask you the question that I ask everyone at the end. If you were sat down with all of these listeners on a one-to-one basis, what is the one bit of information, the one nugget that you wish everyone would learn?
2: It's talk to people. We we literally want people, if you, in debt recovery and credit control, the breakdown comes when communication ceases. And it's because of emotion. So it's having the ability to understand what that, that, how that debt's come about. Take the personal issue out of it, and then and, and speak to people, because otherwise they're having to speak to me, and obviously we can do that for you. But then we can. There's there's a there's a cost to that, so it's just making sure that communication remains. Don't bury your head in the sand just because you've got an outstanding invoice, and you don't like chasing people. That's yeah. That that's a bad debt is is worse than picking up the conversation uh, the call with somebody. And if you have got that issue, then contact me and I'll make that phone call for it because that's what we do.
0: Well, especially with the things we've learned today, where you've got the no win, no fee options. You've got the extra bonuses of the interest if it's gone on for too long. Every single invoice can have its own bonus on top of it. And all of these fees can be for Nathan anyway. It's yeah. just, yeah. And do you know what? I think there's far too many companies at the moment that are going into panic and not chasing invoices properly. It's just getting silly out there, mate.
2: I think it's. I think it's time. There's a time cost. It's because people are desperate to spend time in their business. Um, invoices yeah. become overdue, and we've got clients. They they will say they will spend. They'll spend an hour or two hours having to chase an invoice. Well, that's not good time for them. And if it gets to that situation, then it needs to be. It needs to be outsourced. And like I said, we can step in and we can be part of that process. And sometimes just involving us in an email can actually de-escalate that situation because people can have a look to see that we are a genuine business the clients put some research into what's going to happen should payment not be made it's rather than just a we'll pass it to a debt collection agency well anyone can use that threat but if you've actually got we're going to pass it to mcqueen partnership people can google us they can see we know what we're doing and they've actually the clients then put some time into where where that threat is going
0: Mate, I like that. And like I said, I can now see no downside to getting you guys involved.
2: No, especially like with the client relationship. That there's yeah. often the fear that it's gonna cause a, it's gonna cause an issue, it's gonna cause a breakdown and it's gonna cause a reputational risk. And we pride ourselves in making sure none of that happens.
0: Mate, seriously, Nathan, thank you so much for your time. Buddy, I think this will help a load of people who didn't know what to do with debts and how to get out of it. Um, are you okay if we put your website into all the notes so people can just have a click and have a look at you?
2: That'd be great, yeah. Feel free to contact me.
0: Yeah, please, 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 people, if you're having issues with this and you don't know what to do, give Nathan a shout, one of his team a shout, drop them an email. I know what these guys are like. I know they will help as much as they can. Um, Nathan, shout goodbye to everyone for me.
2: Goodbye, everybody.
0: Right, we're now going to go back to me and Jesse and we're going to talk about Nathan behind his back and he's only going to find out what we've said once the show goes out. So, well, I'm going to be nice because, I'll be honest, Nathan can probably find out where I live.
2: <laughs>
0: Welcome back, everyone. Right, Jesse warned you that that was going to help you in more ways than just debt recovery just before we went into the interview and I think he's right. The fact that Nathan was there and we were talking about relationships and how to keep relationships with your customers happier and keeping everything smoother. And let's be honest: if you get someone who knows what they're doing in, in the first place, then hopefully you'll never be in the position of having a horrible debt anyway. That was why I wanted this show. Mm-hmm. Jesse, I'll, I'll just I'll go put my soapbox away for a sec. <laughs> okay.
1: uh, well, so uh, there's only so much I can say about this sub- this particular thing. But I have worked w- in companies whose customers
2: would. Oh, saving of- gifts.
1: No, 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 no. Well, no okay, but, true. I, I... but customers who um, have businesses that would spend a lot of money with us yeah. and also have businesses that, just because of the nature of what they do, would have to invest a lot of money up front for projects, etc., And it would yep. take my uh, time to realize the cash for that sort of thing. And the difference between it be, them being a problem customer and not was purely because they had a conversation and we discussed it and we understood that one, the cash was going to come in. There wasn't a question of that. And two, we understood the timescales. And because we'd had a good enough relationship to have that discussion. Yeah. It meant that everything was good and they were a great customer. If we hadn't had that, yeah, it would have been a case of arguments. Yeah. Solicitors, you, then, events, you then, you then have, you,
0: you then have the account manager or the salesperson panicking that things are going to go wrong. You'll yeah. have the accounts team panicking. You'll have the MD or the director of a department on your back worrying about stuff. Yeah. Um, it it, it all depends
1: but because all of those people that you just mentioned did a great job and they were communicating well communicated
0: yep well you consider nathan's nugget talk to people yeah it's basically if you communicate and understand where all of you are coming from we can make this work yeah i had (laughs) so as a solo business owner just on the magic stuff this is before the pandemic um i had a hotel that had heard about me through a contact they called me up and said, oh, oh, we really want you down here on, I think it was uh, Christmas Eve. It was, it was a very pivotal day. And I was like, yeah, I can do it. I've got another gig on that day, but the timing wise, I can be there. And they said to me, yeah, yeah, okay. And I said, look, the problem is it's really close to that date, so I've got no way to pre-invoice it. Normally, it's 50% to book me, then 50% seven days before. And they went, that's oh, all right. We'll pay you on the night. I should have had alarm bells then. I really yeah. should have, okay? Because I got there, did the gig, and then they went, oh, the person who, who's meant to be paying you isn't here. Mate, it took 10 months to get that. And the funniest thing, right, it took 10 months. It also took uh, one of the one of our sponsors for other stuff, Matthew Parker, got involved and wrote them a legal letter. And funnily enough, as soon as that letter got to them and the threat of extra fees going on top, it got paid. Yeah. What a shock. Yeah. Um, And the funniest thing was, as soon as it got paid, they then called me to try and book me for the same night that year. 100% up front, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, of course you can, but you're paying 100% to book me. Oh, we don't work like that. Well, funnily enough, I don't wait 10 months for payment. Yeah. So I said, because of that, you now have to pay 100% to book me. Well, I mean, I,
1: so it's, it's interesting because, like, I know you deal with corporates more with that sort of thing, but because yeah. I deal with end customers, It's quite normal um, for people to be paid up front for things, actually. And so you you get into this mindset as a business owner that, oh, you know, I'll do so much up front, just enough to make sure that I'm covered. And then the rest of it can be afterwards. And I'm like, well, I I literally um, technically, now I'm always flexible with this. If I'm having good communications with the customer, it's not a problem. But technically yeah. speaking, my terms and conditions say, if you haven't paid me a month in advance, I ain't turning up. There.
0: Yeah, with everything I do, and this includes mental theft as well. And, by, as and
1: by, They've normally paid 50% as a deposit, so they'll lose yeah. that as well.
0: Mine is, if you want to book me, to book me, it's 50% in my bank before it goes in my diary. Yeah. And then the rest of it is due seven days before the event. Now, the funny thing is, with the mental theft talks, I had loads of experts saying people will never go for that. It's not going to work. You have to invoice and give 60 days. And I said, why? I've been working like this for years. And so far I've had no worries. No customers have said, oh, we can't do that. I had one right when they said, oh, we want to book you for this. And I said, okay, you're right. So I'll invoice you. You pay that up. (laughs) That's 50%. The other 50% is due seven days before. And they went, oh, we can't do that. And I went, Okay. I'll give the date to somebody else then, but we want you, Paul. Right. So in that case, it's fifty yeah. percent to book me, and fifty percent seven days before. Oh, well, we can't do that. Then I'm selling the day. Oh, we'll find a way, Paul. Funny that? Yeah, that amazing. At one time, it... I stuck my feet in the ground. Um, and actually, part of that was because Nathan gave me advice as well. Mm-hmm yeah you know, he said, no matter what any accounts payable teams say, yeah, if they really want to buy something, guess what? Yeah, They'll do it.
1: And whatever they say their rules are and their payment runs and all the rest of it, I can tell you now if the if someone above them is really wants you to do wants them to do something, it will get done. The, hey, the only thing that, I would um, say is because um... like my mine used to be seven days. Now, obviously, like I don't mean this and you'll you'll take this for what it means rather than it sounding like a bitchy comment, but the photography is more of an issue if that doesn't happen than if the magic doesn't happen. Nice. And so, but so I used to do the seven days, but that doesn't give you very much discussion time. No. So, from your point of view, you don't care if there's no. discussion time because if they've not paid you, then that's that. Whereas for me, obviously, I want the discussion time because they might go, "Oh, we're having this issue or having that issue or whatever." So, I moved it out. I got, uh, in fact, this was advice from uh, Becca Pountney, who was on the show last year. Uh, she yep. said to me, "Why don't you, why don't
0: you just make it a month?" Oh, we like Becca, and isn't she? No, we can't say about. We can't that say that way. yet
1: because it hasn't been sorted.
0: Cool. I will not tell anyone 10 suppliers so Check the 18th of October Don't tell anybody But Check the 18th of October in the evening There you go, I said nothing If
1: you're interested Absolutely don't go and find Becca's Facebook group Which is a free Facebook group to go in It's a wedding suppliers one I think it's yeah. called Wedding Pros Who Are Ready To Grow
0: That sounds right
1: yeah. You
0: know, we're in charge
1: of this and we're whispering. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go in now and like turn the volume up on all of this. You know that, right? Yeah, you are. Here yeah, you are. You can listen back to it and go, what are those two idiots doing? Oh, no. That's us. I have um, just double checked. It is called Wedding Pros Who Are Ready to Grow.
2: It's quite a big Nice. Group. We like
0: Becca. No, Becker, if you're listening to this, doubt you are because you are a really busy person, but we love you to bits, mate. You are yeah, we awesome. Do. Um, okay, we've shown a load of love for Nathan McQueen, and it's the McQueen partnership. If you need his help, do get in touch, he'll help you whether you have debts outstanding, whether you're in a position where you want to sort out your credit control. If there's no problems, it doesn't matter. Talk to him. There you go. Um, Jesse, anything else on the interview? No, no, I, honestly, Nathan, thanks so much for coming in. Um,
1: be if anybody who's just listened to this now and you've got to the end of the podcast, uh, go and check out the YouTube video quickly because he's really handsome
0: <laughs> it kinda, that was going to be my next point actually Can we have people that are less gorgeous on the show because
1: is it making I you mean, feel self-conscious
0: yeah yeah so I tell you what what about we just turn YouTube off and just go for the audio
1: oh don't we get enough complaints that last time we tried to do that it was over a year ago now. you don't realize how big the show's got until people start complaining that you're not doing it
0: <laughs> we don't, yeah we don't actually realize how big the show is until we do something that annoys people and yeah. then we get a load of
1: what are you doing or if you make a mistake <laughs> so as this is the next show after the mistake um <clears throat> thank you for those that let us know that we would made some errors in last week's show um, um there was some change
0: thank you a couple of them might get some badges.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. there was was an update in the software which changed stuff that we didn't even know was a thing that you could change. Which meant things happened? Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Things happened. About half an hour of junk was added to the end of the last week's Paul did and you, Did you
0: switch the YouTube video or did you leave it as the original?
1: No, it's changed now, so you can't you can't see the end of it. In theory, the
0: people now can't even go and see the mistakes of us dancing. No, there was other. a lot
1: of dancing because me and Paulie have this have routines.
0: Oh, and, and we yeah, also we
1: made a few jokes and a few things, mm-hmm. and I listened to it in a panic after, whilst I was waiting for the update to upload. Uh, and I'm pleased to say that there was nothing in there that felt like it was going to get us cancelled, so that
0: was good. (laughs) There was no sweariness. We weren't rude to anyone. We weren't rude to anyone anyway, but you know what I mean. Yeah, of course not. We did not. Um, We didn't drop any bad words that
1: we didn't say anything rude you know what our sense of humor is like ladies and gentlemen we we very very nearly said something about something and Paulie said the immortal words of nope nope we've already agreed that we won't say stuff like that whilst the record button's been hit and i'm really glad that that decision had been made and he remembered it at the time because that meant that we didn't we are here this week
0: was possibly the only serious production meeting we've ever had yeah <laughs> we nearly did we did, nearly did something very bad yeah <laughs> proud of us um right and now i'm going to get loads of messages from certain members of my family saying what did you nearly do paul yeah so onto the Nuggeteer of the week <laughs> woohoo should i press the button Dingle! <laughs>
2: It's time for the
0: nuggeteer of the week. So that should be enough. Yeah, that's good.
1: We uh good. we uh that well that was way more than enough, but that's fine. Yeah it was. It was. They'll be able to watch us
0: dancing, it's fine. Um <laughs> the nuggeteer of the week this week, what we've done, right, is is I've been really selfish. i have actually made this with one of my mates. Because a few weeks ago we did a Comic con special in Portsmouth and some of our friends turned up to it. So I want to do a shout out to one of those friends, and that is the lovely Karen Miller. Now, if you watch the show, she was the lady dressed up as the scary lady from, from Xbox game. It scares me.
1: Do you want do you want, want some actual names? No. no. She was Lady Demistriscu from Resident Evil. So glad you did the name. Yeah. Everybody all know anybody who knows who Lady Mistresscu from Resident Evil is, all right? Yeah.
0: I don't have to of say of it who right. You want to know that's Lady No, no, duh. <laughs> yeah, I started with a so since she was dressed up as her, and she was awesome in the show. Karen doesn't do that sort of stuff normally, so I wanted to say a massive thank you. Really appreciate you being on the show. You get a couple of badges next time I see you, as long as I remember to bring.
1: <laughs> What's the chances of you remembering?
2: <laughs> and it's Lady Mate, Dimitrescu, we've, uh,
1: we've, apparently. I've just googled. You know
0: it. what? We've had something like one hundred nuggeteers so far, and I think in total we've sent out about twenty-three sets of badges.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, and some of <laughs> those were to the person that I live with.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is very true. And and right, guys, if you do become nuggeteer of the week, you don't have to give us your address if you don't want to. I understand, okay? But if you want the badges, I need to know where to send them. Yeah. So if you actually want them sent out to you, please send a message to Mrs. Paulie, Paulie's house, somewhere on the south coast. There you go. That'll get to me, right? Sure. Nice one. Anything else for this week? No, I think that's it. Ladies and gents, um, when you're listening to the show, hopefully, I'm sat on a beach somewhere, listening to the waves crashing, the birdies tweeting, the ice cream fan Playing its tune. Birds can use Twitter. Maybe. Yeah, you know, it's just like you know, a hundred characters of ranting.
1: Perhaps seeds. And gents.
0: Oh God! <laughs> See you next week.
1: Bye. Hopefully, I'll have
0: had a rest. Goodbye. <laughs>